0: One is a classic western tale about the convictions of a down-on-his-luck rancher assisting the law. The other, more or less the same story, but with more fleshed-out characters to develop upon. 310 to Yuma. They remade it.
1: There is a lonely train called at 310 to Yuma. The The pounding of the wheels Is more like a mournful sigh There's a legend and there's a rumor When you take the 310 to Yuma You can see the ghosts of outlaws Go riding by in by. In the sky so true they say on the 310 to you a man may meet his fate for fate travels everywhere though you've got no reason to go there and there ain't a soul that you know there the 310 to Yuma whistles its sad refrain, take that train. Take,
2: train, take that train, Hi, and welcome back to another episode of They Remade It. I'm your host, Stuart. And I'm your host, Jacob. Ah, just enjoying another nice weekend in the hell that is, you know, the declining climate state. That's always fun.
0: It is so ungodly human.
2: Oh my God. Fucking. I just, I, I know we talk about weather a bunch, but I almost, I almost don't think this one even counts as weather anymore. It's really just like, Hey, we're having a front row seat to the impending climate disasters of the future. And we're just like, you know, doing stuff, which like they never, again, I think I've mentioned on the show before, but they really never mention in all those like firsthand sources and everything of like historical events. How fucking dull it can all be, you know? It's like the world's collapsing and the biosphere is in peril. And I, I did, I did some laundry today. Not all of it, but you know.
0: Yeah. No, I did. Di- I did dishes today. I know how it is. You know, life keeps on going. What, are, what are you gonna do? You know.
2: Yeah, it's it's days like this. I kind of just have to start thinking to myself. You know, maybe I should go ahead and like keep a journal, but with like really convenient notes for future historians in case things kind of turn awry. Just be like, hey, this shit's what's going down these days. Here's like our alphabet of our language. If you guys aren't using the Latin one anymore, have fun.
0: (laughs) So they can be decoded for generate. I mean, hopefully most of our textbooks and such would survive. And I mean, hey, we got that gold disc flying around. Oh, right. Alpha Centauri or wherever the hell it is. So
2: I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, and if somehow audio formats survive into the future hello our great alien predecessors or post hello those who have come up to clean up our mess um (laughs) we're sorry and um you know have fun (laughs) (laughs) sorry we are one of the few audio sources to survive
0: (laughs) i'm happy out of the millions and literal millions of podcasts that exist uh, this one and last podcast on the left were the two that survived. Yeah. And now you can listen to, I guess, just those two things. For a and all the
2: really dull episodes of Magnus Archives.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's like, man, these guys found this shit. It's terrifying, man.
0: <laughs> oh, I know what that is. I shot one of those yesterday.
2: <laughs> mm. Oh, Lord. But, you know, the now that we've gotten the vague background existential horror addressed, um, been watching anything to alleviate the background existential dread? Uh,
0: not really. I've been watching things to further increase it, uh, pretty much. Just get it, keep going. The first thing is I am absolutely fucked because (laughs) I got shrecked over the past couple of weeks. Um,
2: okay. For really
0: no good reason. I was just like, I'm, I haven't watched a lot of these in a long time, so I'm just going to go through all the Shreks.
2: Oh, okay. I wasn't sure what that was supposed to mean. I was like, I- okay, like, you know this is us talking about movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, or just media in general. Like, I don't, I feel like I don't, I need to step in in case this is going to go someplace weird.
0: I'm, I'm unaware. Is there any other use case for the verb of Shreking other than I... to engage in Shrek-related Behavior
2: I mean like I don't know necessarily for sure But when you hear that phrase Like kind of missing the context It's related to immediately You tend to go to like You know just defensive mode in general Like fight or flight Where it's like okay hang the fuck on Yeah hold on it's stop, like, it, stop it It's like yeah It's like if you're in a pitch black room And all of a sudden you just hear the pop The click of a gun You're like okay <laughs> Uh, so just, yeah. just be wary.
0: <laughs> you, be on guard at all times. Someone yeah. could Shrek so. you at any moment.
2: <laughs> see, see, like even when I hear it, I'm just like, see, it just doesn't sound right. It's, it doesn't. But, but be that as it may, how was your Shrekking?
0: Shrekking was not good. I did not expect ah. it to be, but it, it was. Yeah, it was pretty dour. Um I still don't know why people like Shrek so much. It's yeah. really boring, it's really unfunny, it's filled with a lot of non-humor. It's just it's 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 a nothing movie.
2: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the Mike Myers effect of it points out something that isn't funny and that in context can kind of be funny, but then you start to realize over time this just isn't funny. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I, yeah. I, I think Shrek 1 is fine. I think for the time it came out, it was pretty impressive. And it's a nice kind of foil to, you know, typical Disney level shit. But beyond that, I, like, I think that's that's the only reason it
0: did so well at the time is because it was like, like shitting on disney like that'll never happen no fairy tales farting and onions right it was such the antithesis of the animated movie that we were mostly used to getting
2: which to be fair these days i mean i kind of i feel like we still kind of need a refresher of every now and again now that disney once again reminding everyone disney owns everything and they suck Right.
0: I just I, I just if we do get another similar movie that does a sort of deconstruction of that, uh I hope it is at least uh humorous.
2: Yeah. I hope yeah. it actually has jokes
0: in it, instead of like Shrek going, Well that happened. That's not a yeah. joke. You didn't write anything. You are not <laughs> not a writer, are you, Shrek?
2: Yeah. I don't I don't get the internet's parasocial relationship with that fucking movie.
0: It's just growing up with it, I guess. But hey, uh as long as I'm on the subject, I'll just go through this sort of quickly, but you know. Sure. So so to encompass the Sh- the Shrek fest that occurred, I ended up watching Shrek, Shrek 2, Shrek the 3rd, Shrek Forever After, and to top it off, I just watched Puss in Boots, which came out hmm. in like 2018, I guess, and is getting a sequel next year.
2: Um, they really are going to make sequels of fucking anything, aren't they?
0: (laughs) They are. I mean, Shrek 5 is still on the way. It's like actively in development and rumors are it's a reboot. Don't know what that's going to be.
2: Oh no, I don't want to have to do that on the show. It's going to be a reboot,
0: but it looks like the same cast is still attached. I don't, I've never seen or heard of that ever.
2: Oh God, man. Like, I don't... (sighs) I want to have hope for, like, (laughs) wider media, especially movies, because, like, that's what we do, and I like movies, but my God, it isn't, like, and I've talked about it extensively before. I really do think we're in kind of a dip period for my hope levels in movies, and I feel like more and more I'm realizing it's not so much a dip so much as, like, the previous, what I have assumed to be, like, a peak back up into Hope it was actually more just kind of like a landing in the valley, and then it kind of kept just going down, and it's just like, well, you here, here now. Yeah, no, I Shrek I, Five I get it. with the same cast, even though it's a reboot potentially. Does
0: that mean John Lithgow is going to be back? As who gives as a sh- who gives Lord a Fa- shit?
2: <laughs> I mean, I I, I kind of <laughs> like, like John Lithgow. I mean, like, I know, ultimately, but, like, that really has been my answer for a lot of stuff these days. Like, a lot of people getting up in arms about a lot of different shit. I really just have to just sit down, look forward, and just go, who gives a shit? And that really just, I feel like that just needs to be encompassed by more people. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: So, I guess, if I had to rank the Shrek movies, I, it's still mediocre, but I still say that Shrek 2 is the best of those core Shrek movies. Yeah. Um. And then Shrek Forever After. I actually didn't didn't hate as much as I thought I would. Still not good, but right. Uh. Sh- yeah. So Shrek Two, Shrek Forever After, Shrek, and then Shrek the Third at the bottom because that's just really dull, really boring. Introduces all the baby abominations, uh-uh.
2: the little
0: ogres, and the donkey dragons. Um. So,
2: which well. like that's.
0: <sighs> I guess technically they they show up. Post credits in Shrek 2, but that doesn't count.
2: Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, and
0: then Puss in Boots. Actually, I don't know if it's because like Shrek and Donkey and them aren't in it. I actually liked it the most out of all oh. of these. I'd still like if I had to ascribe some arbitrary rating to it, it'd probably be like a three and a half, which hmm. is still much more than I thought I'd give it. But
2: I don't I'm guessing know. this An- is out of five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For saying I was like, well.
0: Antonia Banderas carrying it, I think it it just works a lot better. It still has that lame DreamWorks humor in it, but yeah, I don't know. I like the characters more. I thought they had better interactions. The story was fun. Billy Bob Thornton and Amy Sedaris are in it as like the villains. Uh, And it kind of has an unconventional ending for like a family movie that I was not expecting. So more or Hmm. less, I actually kind of dug Puss in Boots.
2: Cool. Um, Fair enough.
0: So yes, everyone that's been chomping at the bit to hear what I have to Jacobs. say on Shrek, that's my official <laughs> yeah. ranking, my tier list.
2: Yeah, if you're looking for my opinion, well, that's going to have to come along later, but I doubt you, but you don't want my opinion on that. You still want that on, you know, Play, Ready Player One, which I still staunchly <laughs> refused. <laughs> I just like, yeah, every, t- every time I think about it again, I just think, no, no. It's like, it's not even, like, a long process to th- get there. It's, like, not like, oh, you know, maybe, like, for the sake of it and everything. It really is just like, should I watch this? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, Simon, Simon-
0: Pegg, Ben Mendelsohn, other people. Just...
2: <laughs> other people who have names, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Uh, oh. Um, no. Is that all you've been watching then? No, I have two other things, and they're actually both new, because I finally started going back to the theater again.
2: Um, Cool. I I need to do that before they shut down again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I won't talk too long about them for various reasons. Uh, One was Old, which is the new M. Night movie. Um, Actually enjoyed it more than the past couple of films that he put out. I like Split, but everything around that was kind of meh for me. Mm Um. You know, but Old was old was pretty nice. I swear, though, I read in an interview somewhere, he was talking about the film, and he's like, and you know, I didn't want to, you know, I know I'm memed for, like, having twists in the movies, but I didn't really want to go for that, so it's a bit more subdued and all that. He's a fucking liar, um, <laughs> if that's the case. It's not, like, something huge like Sixth Sense or whatever, but, you know, it's still there. Uh, huh. But anyways, I might just
2: like go- I might just Google it or something because I honestly it doesn't really interest me that much. I've never really liked him that much to begin with.
0: Yeah, but I mean, either way, I had a decent enough time. I liked seeing it in the theater, definitely. Um, hmm. it, 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 enjoyable, enjoyable enough thriller. Um, the other thing I saw though, and I won't space the new Space Jam. I did see on opening day hmm. when it released in the theaters. I have a lot of thoughts on it, and it's not just, like, it sucks, you know, compared to the original, because they both are awful, but in very different ways, Um, and we'll just have to talk about that in more detail on our upcoming Space Jam episode, because I'm positive I'm going to try to get it in there sometime next. That's going to be like the Muppets, where I just, like, talk about the Looney Tunes, uh, probably.
2: But I mean that this will this will be one of the rare cases I might be able to like talk about it a bit alongside with you because I actually love Looney Tunes. <laughs>
0: perfect. Yes, we can talk yeah. about the in- intricacies of Foghorn Lakehorn, and Granny as characters.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, characters in, in very heavy quotes, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Space Jam, Space Jam: A New Legacy would have you believe that Granny was right underneath Bugs as most popular Looney Tune of all time. I kid you not. She I think she gets more jokes they... than anyone else in that movie.
2: My god, did they marry Sue Granny?
0: possibly. She it's what that, the... it's it's like what they started doing to Betty White in like the 2010s where it's like badass old woman. That's kind of what they did to her. Because oh my god, if 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 you want to see literal footage, straight footage from old Warner Brothers movies with Looney Tune characters drawn on top of them like, uh, Yosemite Sam drawn on top of Casablanca and Wile E. Coyote drawn on top of Mad Max Fury Road, then go fucking see Space Jam A New Legacy because that's, like, ten minutes of the movie.
2: Okay, I'm gonna be real, that, like, that... Huh. <laughs> that's... I I don't know how to feel about that because, like, cause, like, I love Wile E. Coyote, he's my favorite Looney Tune and, and Roadrunner, obviously. And I also love Mad Max Fury Road, like, more than certain... You might like, you might like 30 rele-
0: seconds of the film, then.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, there's cool things in there, like, it's, you know, you get, like, uh, there's a segment where they go to, like, DC World, but the entire time they're in Metropolis, like, looking for Superman, uh, and all huh. of the characters are designed off the Bruce Timm style. From the tim daly superman animated series from the 90s like oh. jimmy olsen's there in the background and it's like that is very specifically jimmy olsen from that 90s cartoon which is interesting um, huh. and there are things like that okay one thing yeah, about like it. with it the... yeah go ahead <laughs> i don't want to harp on it again because we'll probably do an episode on it but At near the very beginning of the movie, Don Cheadle's character banishes LeBron James to the server world with all these WB properties. And he says he's sending them to sending him to the losers. So he sends them to the Looney Tunes planet. But near the end of the movie, they have this large crowd shot, which is just an advertisement for Time Warner Brothers shit. <laughs> and half of the characters are Warner Brothers, or Hanna-Barbera characters, like Squidly Diddley and Peter Potamus. It's like, you can't tell me that they're more popular than the Looney Tunes. Like, people are gonna watch Speedy Gonzales and Sylvester and Tweety before they turn on Frankenstein Jr. in the Impossibles. Who's yeah, like, very visible in the crowd, by the way,
2: because he's giant. Yeah, what the fuck? Who the hell calls the Looney Tunes losers? i i don't know that makes no sense they've been the most popular i'm gonna get on to it too now <laughs> like tell you this we will be here for space jam <laughs> yeah I'll look forward to that folks <laughs> jesus christ
0: <laughs> oh but but that that does it for i mean technically it's a lot of things that i did end up watching but
2: right um, that that is it i guess what about okay. you as far as the movie front i have been slacking um i just haven't had a big desire to watch a lot of movies lately i have um this is kind of related to this uh, to what i have been watching my girlfriend has officially um like we're, we're working we're um doing long distance right now because she got a job in south, in south carolina mm-hmm. um and so we've been watching a few of the um new marvel shows on disney plus which like now that we've caught up with everything it's like you know catching up with all those those yeah. have honestly been pretty good. Um, I gotta say, like, they're definitely. I I've always had a soft spot for when properties explore their kind of their B team characters. You know, like, um, like my favorite, like my one of my favorite DC heroes is the the Question. For fuck's sake, yeah. Um, but they, how they've kind of done that, I I was kind of meh about Wanda and like about WandaVision, but we've watched all of the falcon and winter soldier now which i actually really really liked i think it's got a lot of kind of like philosophical problems going on with it (laughs) um there's been a growing kind of mentality of people realizing oh hey marvel movies and even the marvel comics back in the day took really take really like real and like almost relatable goals that the villains follow and then they also just make the villain, like, inarguably horrible. Like, the whole plot of, like, the whole, like, one of the background plots in, well, okay, the, one of the plots in fucking Another Winter Soldier is that there's this group trying to kind of eliminate borders and kind of, like, wider, um, you know, deviate, like like divvying of, like, nations and everything to kind of unite, you know, Earth as a greater single people. And like a lot of the points they're making, and they're all fighting, are really are like really straightforward. And they're like fighting for refugees and like getting supplies for people who are being straight up screwed over by governments. And it's like, wow, that's actually like really real, and that's also a very modern take. And also, they just murder civilians. Oh, okay. It's like oh. fucking really, <laughs> fucking really. Like my god, like I just like they're trying to be like, oh, this is the only language these people understand. Fucking shut up, Marvel, <laughs> god damn it! And like one of the things they have. As their logo is It's meant to be like a red bloodied handprint And they have it over their face Like on these masks That they wear on their face Which is Bad for the main reason of That's a make symbol for a lot of like First Nations people Who have been slaughtered (laughs) Over the last few centuries (laughs) And now they're being used as this apparent terrorist organization It's like For fuck's sake Go Marvel (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like, I, I still like the show because it's got a lot more of that, like, kind of political intrigue level stuff that I actually really enjoy. It's obviously still Marvel writing, so it's like the kiddie version of, like, political thriller. Um, but it's just like, it's such a mixed bag with that. <laughs> and so it's hard to love it wholeheartedly. It does a lot of cool things and it touches on, like, a lot of real subjects. But again, in Marvel stature, it doesn't actually delve into them. It just kind of brings them up more than anything. It doesn't really have any teeth. Um, but other than that, we have just started watching the Loki series as well. And there's a few like kind of like messages and everything. But the main thing I love about it is it is pure retrofuturism and I love it to fucking death. <laughs> it's, there is an extended shot of where they're standing in this like infinite pseudoscience science. A space out of time, space thing, where it's just it's walking out over this massive like infinite cityscape essentially, and you've seen a lot of those like from the '70s, those wider like like prints of like environments and everything. Like you'd see them in like like those big Star Wars cityscape prints and everything. It's like very retrofuturist yeah. looks and everything. Imagine that, but it's a literal environment in the show, and it goes on infinitely. It's so goddamn cool like literally i was watching it with with hannah over facetime and i completely geeked out when it was on screen because it was like oh my god this is so fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just pure 70s like style tech but then like retrofuturism so i'm just like oh my god i like all the beiges and like the like elements of red and orange and all that sort of stuff it's just like you you've played con- like you play control imagine yeah. control but like in the 1970s okay yeah yeah that's basically like the, oh, if the oldest house were in the 1970s with a bit nicer decor <laughs> it's the fucking coolest. <laughs> I've barely remembered any of the plot because like it's actually kind of paper thin. I really just care about the aesthetic. <laughs> well, I, I don't know why good. I have such a I don't know why I have such a soft spot for like where the bureaucratic meets the fantastical. Because like between that control and like the SCP Foundation, I just have some kind of like weird like soft spot for like, oh, we have all these like real world rules and everything, but also it's infinite and it defies all laws of physics. It's like it's like oh, here's an office park and it goes on forever. <laughs> it's like okay, it's weird, but I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's that, that goes on forever. Yeah, what do you mean? How is that relay in the show?
2: It's, they're in this, like, they're this um, organization, it's like the Time Variance Authority, where they literally are this, like, extant reality plane that, like, jumps between multiple timelines and has to, like, like, figure out, like, oh, someone has gone off what their predicted timeline is meant to be, we have to go fix that, that sort of thing. And so, like, they literally are just this infinite parallel dimension but it's all just like office spaces and like stuff like that okay because they because they literally are just like an out- outside source of time essentially i don't it's hard to explain i guess no that's um, that's all
0: right you, the way you were initially describing it just as like going on forever i was thinking of like uh house of leaves like the titular house you know things like. i mean that.
2: that's kind of it
0: i think but more <laughs> retro future like the actual exactly, yeah. yeah
2: Like there's a few scenes I'm sure you could even look Just look up screenshots You can see what I mean And there was an artist Back in the day That like is really Like kind of like Pioneered that style Um I can't remember his name now I wish I could know it But That's a lot of elements From that <laughs> So Okay it, It's pretty freaking cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Basically you should just Turn one of those You know background pictures Into just an entire environment Hmm it's
0: like the uh, the Windows Pipe screensaver, but turned into es- a show.
2: Essentially, at least the at least the environment they're in. They don't stay in it all the time, which I fucking wish they did because it's so cool. Um, but yeah.
0: Well, neat. That's that's cool. Eventually, yeah. you're. I mean, <laughs> all. Es- eventually, I don't know what I'm saying. You are the resident Marvel expert because there's only two of us, and I've seen like three of the movies. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, as you pull on your like, suspenders and strut around the courtroom. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
2: no, that was that was more like, um, kind of tucking my chin to my chest and putting my hand on the back of my deck, like yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, I, I guess I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like it's it's not so much southern, it's not so much like hometown rural pride, so much as shame. <laughs> like, I didn't ask
0: for this responsibility.
2: It's like I kinda and it's it's not even like a like a stoic thing. I'm just like, well, I guess this is just how my life's ended up. <laughs> it's, it's just how it is.
0: Well uh, I guess I exist in this state forever. I,
2: man, truly this is the end of time and the beginning of time.
0: <laughs> man, I could go for some more of that retro futurism. <laughs>
2: It's fucking God! If I if I could ever play a character on anything, that's what it would be just this fucking weird <laughs> hey. nebulous guy who's just like hey. I do <laughs> love me some retro futurism. Hey, seed hick,
0: obsessed with future architecture. Yep.
2: Y'all ever played Fallout? <laughs> New Vegas was the pinnacle. <laughs> I haven't played the originals yet, but they just don't seem like my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I played Wasteland and I was okay, but it just kind of took too long.
0: <laughs> I wanna God. be out there running around, I ain't down for any of that RTS nonsense.
2: <laughs> oh fucking Christ! If if I if I'm allowed to keep going, this will be the entire episode. So okay. we, we t- all right, we will we can move very. <laughs> For once, a very decent segue of, like, Southern Hick character. Yes.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, Pat Buttram does not make an appearance in either of these, but we are talking about uh, the Western classic and modern
3: classic?
0: Yeah. Uh 310 D.
2: That remains to be seen. Yes. We shall see. <laughs>
0: So starting off, I will be talking about uh, *310 Yuma* from 1957, directed by Delmer Daves. In the Arizona territory of the 1880s, struggling rancher Dan Evans, played by Van Heflin, and his two sons witness a gang led by notorious outlaw Ben Wade, Glenn Ford, who robs a stagecoach. When the stagecoach driver manages to overpower one of the robbers, Wade calmly shoots both men dead. The robbers go to a saloon in Bisbee for drinks. Evans and his sons alert the town marshal of the robbery and his murders. A posse is then assembled as Wade, unaware that he has been discovered, instructs his men to ride across the border to safety until he can rejoin them. The posse meets up with Dan and the stagecoach company's representative, Mr. Butterfield, played by Robert Emhart, who accompany the lawmen as they head to the saloon. Charlie Prince, Wade's loyal bodyguard and right-hand man, who is also played by Richard Jekyll, lets Dan enter the saloon when he claims to have business with Wade. While the outlaws are distracted, the marshal arrives and arrests Wade right then and there. Charlie is shot in the hand, but he escapes on his horse to retrieve the rest of the gang. The marshal requests two volunteers to escort Wade to Contention City to catch a train, the 310 to Yuma, where he can be held for trial. Butterfield offers to pay any volunteer $200, and Dan and a posse member named Alex Potter, played by Henry Jones, volunteer their services. The marshal has a man, pretending to be Wade, placed on a stagecoach leaving town that evening, hoping to mislead Wade's men and buy Dan and Potter some time. Wade is taken to Dan's ranch, where Alice Evans, his wife, played by Leora Dana, learns of her husband's decision. Wade is subsequently moved to Contention City, where Dan and Potter meet Butterfield in a hotel room to wait for the train. Wade tries to bribe Dan into letting him go, but Dan's refusal to do so impresses the old outlaw. The local sheriff is out of town, so Butterfield hires five local gunmen to provide security while Wade is taken to the rail station. The slain stagecoach driver's brother, Bob Moons, played by Sheridan Camarade, arrives and barges into the hotel room seeking revenge. Dan wrestles his gun away, but it goes off. Charlie, having secretly tracked the party to contention, hears the gunshot and alerts Wade's gang. The gunmen, aware of Wade's reputation, run off, leaving only Dan, Alex, and Butterfield. Alex saves Dan from getting shot by an outlaw on the roof, but Prince shoots him in the back and has his men hang him from the hotel chandelier. Butterfield is horrified and offers to give Dan his money, planning to release Wade. Alice arrives and tries to change her husband's mind, but he is committed to seeing Wade brought to justice. Dan then takes Wade out a back door, skillfully moving him across town as the outlaws fire at them. The outlaws finally catch up to Dan as the train starts to leave. Prince shouts for Wade to drop down so he can shoot Dan, but instead, Wade tells Jan to jump tells Dan to jump into the passing car and they leap to safety together. The gang runs after the train, but Dan shoots Prince dead and the rest give up pursuit. Wade explains that he owed Dan a favor for saving his life earlier and he claims that he has broken out of the Yuma jail before, meaning Dan will be able to claim his reward honestly. Alice sees Dan leave safely on the train as rain pours down on her, breaking the long drought.
2: Somehow both straightforward and not straightforward. Yes, exactly. But I'm sure we'll get into that plenty.
0: Now for the 2007 310 to Yuma, directed by James Mangle. Now, as often happens on this podcast, uh, the remake doesn't stray too far from the original source story, uh, just with a couple of turns here and there, added character depth, and, you know, different beats are sort of rearranged, uh, such as Ben Wade insulting Dan's marriage uh, having a dedicated moment in the middle of the film as opposed to just being tacked on near the end in the original. Uh, additionally, as mentioned in the opening stinger, characters who are greatly expounded upon, you know, they, they, they are increased tenfold. Uh, including Dan's son, William, who actually, you know, has a role in the movie. Um, so, uh, and, and, I mean, just generally, the actual trip Uh of escorting wade across the the plains i guess it it, it gets a lot more expounded upon with different locations and actually resting for the night you know all sorts of those types of things so i'm just going to rattle through the core cast of the 2007 version real quick so ben wade is played by russell crowe dan evans by christian bale William Evans, uh, Dan's oldest son, is Logan Lerman. Charlie Prince is played by Ben Foster. Byron McElroy is Peter Fonda. Grayson Butterfield is played by Dallas Roberts. Doc Potter by Alan Tudyk. Alice Evans, Dan's wife, is played by Gretchen Mol. Emma is Vanessa Sean. Zeke is Luke Wilson. Tucker is played by Kevin Durand. And Marshall Weathers is played by Luke Rains. And that is pretty much it.
2: Cool. A lot of... A lot of English, like you know, British Isles fellas in the new one. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Christian Bale's Welsh, I think, and then I think Russell Crowe is like Scott, Scottish, maybe. Is he? I always
0: assumed he was Australian.
2: He might. He might be Australian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I can't remember. I'm sorry.
0: That I mean, that's okay. I I never took you to be a big crow head.
2: Anyways, so it's it's understandable. I, I, I'll have you know, it's I would murder for crow.
0: Murder for crow, stand crow. Because like I got I mur-
2: like I'm murder of crows. Oh, dumb. Okay. It was. I, th- we were both stupid on that one. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> like that was not good. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> there were no winners in this situation.
0: Oh, I'll go into full circle real quick, and we'll get to your okay. Thoughts okay so we only have one let's do it oh so, okay <laughs> shit so literally the only one we have this time around alan tudyk was doc potter in 310 to yuma from 2007 and he played the voice of iago in 2019's aladdin huh With, if I- you can even call that a role
2: because they greatly I get, I mean, reduced yeah.
0: that character, so
2: yeah, I'm just I'm honestly shocked that we did not have like anything else for this one. Like we I, haven't talked I, about
0: I Bale, we haven't talked about Peter Fonda, Russell Crowe, Glenn Ford, any of these people before this point.
2: Damn. Well, I'll be fucked. Which is interesting. okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> this makes our job easy this time around, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. All right. So give me those thoughts.
2: Yes. Uh, first of all, let me say how proud I am that I have influenced you into getting a good a Western under here on <laughs> your own. <laughs> I, on I will take full credit.
0: Yeah,
2: Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, but no, yeah, like I was very pleasantly surprised with it. For some reason, when you had mentioned the name before, I you had even brought it up, like when you first brought it up, that it was a Western. And I was like happy about it then. But then subsequently from there. For some reason, I didn't remember it was a Western. I thought it was going to be like some sort of like more modern movie or like something having to do with like more directly with the train itself. Like, I think I was thinking of like another movie where like they hijack a train or there's a train movie of some. I don't know. Mm. For some reason, I thought it was going to be like some sort of like modern thriller thing. But then I remember, oh. then I saw the thing I was ranting. I was like, oh yeah, shit. It's, a fucking, it's fucking Western. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, just because of my own stupidity <laughs> um, but to that end um i had never seen three two ten yuma i don't even know if i had heard of it necessarily i know it's a classic but i was well surprised for both of these like i was like oh wow like i normally like you kind of get okay uh, th- these are both very mixed bags compared to each other that's for sure yeah um but both each on their own merits i was like wow this is actually pretty impressive Um, and the main one being that 310 to Yuma might very well be one of the most quintessential old Westerns to ever exist, (laughs) like, (laughs) outside of anything. Well, you know Outside of, like, outside of, like, just, like, from the tone and everything, outside of, like, anything with, like, John Wayne, um, but, like, how it opened with its own, like, narrative, like, themed theme song, like, narrative theme song and everything, um... To the point of where, was this just like an actual old Western song? It doesn't sound like it because it's very simple. Uh, and old Western songs were a bit mixed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that, like, opening on the shot of like a Wells Fargo truck or uh, carriage, essentially. Um, and then I, then I watched the 2007 one. Wow, this is a quintessential modernized version of a <laughs> Western <laughs> <laughs> of that being Taking what is Relatively Straightforward plot And adding Excess amounts of violence And next level Fucking Like shootouts And everything To the point of This really just feels more like A Red Red Dead Redemption level <laughs> Yeah it's Like literally blessed. The open Literally the opening scene Of them robbing the Pinkerton cart In the, In 2007 Is I'm pretty sure that just is A level in one of the Red Dead Redemptions <laughs> Like Like the you know, gatling gun on the back and all. Oh which, like,
0: yeah, probably just aped or oh, an homage. We,
2: yeah, but it didn't exist because it was uh, Red Dead Redemption didn't come out until like
0: 2010. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh well, yeah. I meant I meant Red Dead Redemption might have been. Oh yeah, no, that's that's probably this. honestly
2: that's probably true. Yeah, they've done that before. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and of course the fucking historical nut in me like looks at that scene. I'm like. I know those kinds of stagecoaches existed, but they weren't just like hanging out in the middle of nowhere, delivering this stuff like this. They would have been in a train and a whole bunch of other things. And they would have been like guarded by the army with that amount of ordnance. Like, and I just see that and I'm like, ah, look, this is a cool set piece, but damn, if it's not kind of really blown its load on the over the top stuff immediately out the gate. Yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, like, and, I say that in comparison to you know The original where It's like very wide swaths Of it's like "Eh, these guys are just kind of chatting Where it's like They're interested it's an interesting chat But eh." Yeah (laughs) They they always tend
0: to be slower And that's not always a bad thing But it depends on what you're going For too like I'm not the biggest Western fan as we've Discussed previously I'm getting more into the Genre uh, as mm-hmm. time goes on, but, um, when I go to watch a Western, I expect things to like be happening constantly. And that's definitely, that's, that's definitely like a viewpoint going into it. And that's me basing a movie based on the genre it's in, which isn't necessarily fair, but right. at times it can also turn me off because it's like, oh, well, I didn't think I was getting like a dramatic period piece necessarily. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I can, I can I can get you. <clears throat> not that there, not that there's
0: anything wrong with that, you know, Yeah,
2: it's, not that there's not anything bad. wrong with that, of course. Yeah, like, and we've you know we've had moments of like that in any of these movies we've watched. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The westerns tend to like man, westerns really do tend to have the widest range of like what you should expect, even just within the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, three ten Yuma, over this one, the original was honestly it's pretty it's pretty subdued when you get right down to it there's not a whole lot of major action and so there's a lot of like more dramatic beats and a lot of tension building which honestly i loved and i'll get into that more later um and then 2007 is pretty just straightforward just like action flick with like you know exaggerations of how you know the west was wild and all that such um and each has their own bit merits But then even think back on other westerns we've watched Like you know the remake of True Grit Was very kind of aimed at being A bit more realistic seeming Versus the original is like you know John Wayne But John Wayne is a bit more violent I guess Yeah Um, You know And and like uh, Magnificent Seven I mean that one was kind of like This whole like almost western opera <laughs> It felt <laughs> like at times Oh I um, long
0: to rekindle The magic of the I I've thought about it definitely in the past, and while I I don't know if I would consider those my favorite watches, I think that's our best episode.
2: Uh, which one is that? The
0: Magnificent Seven Samurai episode.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was a good one. It's it's just because like again, just with that insane range even within the movie itself, and you you get that in these two as well. Like, I definitely think the original the original definitely has the bigger range of kind of like tones and everything somehow whereas the newer ones a bit just kind of like i tend to scale things like on one end it's depressing on the end other end it's manic um and it definitely feels like the original kind of goes pretty wild on both in into in kind of both directions on in certain cases mm-hmm. the 2007 was a bit closer on the depressing end though. <laughs> It really was just like, wow, here's this rancher guy. He has basically no morally upstanding prospects beyond, you know, he has a family. His son is basically on a constant basis calling him a cuck. And he is being (laughs) beaten up by everything between here and Dodge City. (laughs) To the point of him even fucking dying at the end. (laughs) Compared to the original.
0: Yeah. Oh, can we talk? Can we... Oh man, can we talk about that? I, I, I... Yes. I much prefer the death ending. Really? Yeah, I I actually do. I think it's just tied in with what you were saying, and I I figured we probably wouldn't agree on this, because we've had similar conversations on this very show in the past. But, you know, I just think it's the perfect capper to that sort of depressing story for a more modern western you know it's not the right off into the sunset style um ending that i associate with classic westerns mm-hmm. and so uh when he died i was like oh yeah that's really you know i actually enjoy that and you know it, it's like it it's an end to his character he put everything on the line and his son can s- like see that You know, this son who has been constantly against him for the vast majority of the movie. And the thing is, I actually, this is one of the rare cases where I actually watched the 2007 version first. So I was, even with what I just said, the riding into the sunset of the classic is kind of what I I expect out of the classic Western. I thought he was going to die in the classic one too. And Hmm. that possibly tainted my viewpoint of it because then it felt like a bit cheaper, I guess. And I was like... Oh, okay. Uh, because then, yeah. you know, Ben Wade is talking to him in the train car, and he's like, you know what? It looks like you got me on the train. I'm going to escape. So the the audience that has grown to love me, they, they still love me. We, we all get our <laughs> way. Whereas in the original, they're sitting in the hotel room when uh, Ben Wade tells Dan this. He's like, you know, I've been to it a couple times, and I keep escaping from it. You can just see Dan's face drop as he's like, He's starting to like question his convictions in that moment. Like, why have I been doing all this?
2: Yeah, like, this that is uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's actually a really good point. I didn't, I didn't really think about it like that. Yeah, that 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 definite point plot point of oh, I've I've escaped before. That they definitely did use that to an actual usable degree mm-hmm. in the two thousand and seven version. Um, I just like I don't like. I just I have a weird I just have a weird opinion I guess on the death scene for the 2007 one because like it really just seems like at a certain point like this poor guy has just gotten the shit beat out of him and at a certain point I'm like man fucking let him have a win <laughs> like and by the end like with the sun like coming up and everything I just thought it was just a bit too cheesy just like a bit too much I was just kind of like no like this sun has been like I think it's just this actor in general I can never. See him in anything, and I can only ever see him as like on the point of breaking into tears. His face just has like one of those faces where it's like, God, he just looks like he's always sad. Which, oh, the, like, the, you know, the like sun? the sun, yeah, the who, the, the or like he's the always either like, sad, like even when he's like an, as an adult and like, or at least, yeah, you know, as an adult in more modern movies, like more recent movies, rather, um, he just always looks like he's on the verge of like teen angst breakdown, mm-hmm. and I'm just like. God, fuck off from the screen already, kid. My God. And I'm just like, and this poor dad's just like doing his best with all this shit. And he's truly just had the hell beat out of him for like decades now. Like I think it established he's a civil war vet and everything, which like no matter what side of the war you're on, that's a fucking beat down all on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, And then am just like having him die there at the end with this psychotic version of the like right-hand man character like doing all this stuff. And then just it ending with, you know, Wade straight up, like, you know, murking his entire crew right in front of him. It's like, I think that could have been cool if it was done a bit differently, but it's just, I don't know why. Just there at the end, I'm like, man, this just feels like, this almost feels like a (laughs) cop-out. Like, it doesn't feel like anything significant was gained. Like, this son character is basically traumatized, more or less, and this, like, criminal just kind of like upended the entire situation, essentially, versus, you know, the original. It felt like there was some actual like ending accomplishment for them, you know, for um, Evans. And, you know, with Wade, like obviously stating he's broken up before the way he even kind of puts it in there. It almost just kind of sounds like he's kind of just saying that jokingly. Like I can almost interpret that as like he's probably not serious, he's probably just trying to get a rise out of Evans.
0: I mean, that's possible because a lot of his character is dedicated to getting a rise out of him him specifically because he likes all the different facets of his personality, I guess. Like he's a I mean, that's even the point of his little sketchbook is kind of hammering home that metaphor of he's observing yeah. Dan as a man uh and, and as like a person, so
2: yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it just, like, I just, I loved how they kind of, like, played off each other there by the end, which, like, it really was just asking this whole situation where not necessarily diametrically opposed individuals, like, they weren't, I couldn't say they're polar opposites, but, like, it was really just kind of seeing these two men of, like, questionable level of honor on both their parts coming together in this ending of, like, this is just how it needs to be. It's not how either of us really want it to be, but it's how it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Versus the end of the la- the thousand, 2007, I was really just kind of like, it feels like the only message here was just like, the West was fucked up, wasn't it?
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> It's like, which also, it again, feels a bit real I think, to me, I, I mean, I guess, but also at the same time, again, like, this is just the history not in me, the West wasn't that crazy, like, it was <laughs> kind of rough, and like, there were definitely bad moments, but like, all the shit going on in this one, it's like, it really just kind of pushes it for me, like, honestly, the more realistic one is the, the original in my eyes. <laughs> i guess
0: the last the the last thing i have to say on the death scene is um i i i definitely you know made made my point abundant i i, I think you know yeah. the way i prefer it due to the character interactions and all that blah, blah,
2: blah. Yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it definitely it definitely is a better like kind of character moment i think as a mm-hmm. character it's a cool moment story-wise eh?
0: I, yeah i'll say it's it's I would not fault anyone for not liking that ending because it is very hard to pull off and correctly justify within the story, having your main character die at the end without it coming across as like a, you know, like a student film, like an art house student film from college where it's like, "Uh, I don't know how to end this. Uh, Yeah. So kill (laughs) off the main character. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I guess that's, I guess it's just me focused on the characters more than anything. And I think I l- hinted at that in the opening stinger a bit too, is that I, I actually, it, it's weird because I, I don't want to come across as a hypocrite because I know on this show in the past, a remake has like expounded upon like background secondary characters that didn't really need it. And I've called it out as being like, this is detracting from the story. Why are you doing this? But I actually kind of like every- liked it in this, in this film.
2: Every movie is going to do something differently in better ways. Like, it's not necessarily the action itself. It's how appropriate it is. (laughs) Right. It just seems
0: more often than not that it does not feel appropriate, so...
2: Oh, yeah, no, it just feels like they're padding runtime. Yeah.
0: (sighs) I was just, you know, getting extra details on Butterfield as a character and, like, um, Potter. Just seeing those character moments and... Because it, it... you know the actual ride to town is so much longer than it is in the original because the original more time is actually spent in town waiting for the train to build up that tension, like what you were saying uh, yeah. earlier on. Whereas this, I guess, is more focused on the journey and th- technically, there's tension in that. Like an action film might have tension, like oh, is this guy going to get shot? But there, it's, yeah. there's definitely less of it in the 2007 version. It's more about the actual,
2: yeah. Ride like, to
0: get to to the the train station. What is that town? Contention. I keep forgetting.
2: Uh, yeah, c- uh, Contention City. I yeah, think. to try. It's
0: it, It's more about the ride to Contention because it's not just an exploration of all the other secondary characters, but that's more where Ben Wade starts learning more about Dan's character and like prodding him, and he kills
2: some yeah. people. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, And that kind of goes in pretty nicely to kind of my general feeling about like how both of these run times kind of play out where the original, it's lots of like heavy build up to very stinger, like a few stinger moments. Um, and then obviously the main one being like him escorting him to the train through the town at the end mm-hmm. versus the kind of consistent low rolling boil. Of the action scene, action sequences in the remake, which like they fucking start off with a bang, kind of literally even. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, they set in the yeah, yeah. Which like I did not get why it was necessary to have the whole like heavily in debt thing. Like they kind of like they kind of point out that in the original one, obviously because like you know they're obviously in a drought and their cattle are dying from like lack of water. But like they go to this whole thing of like a loan shark being present in the, in the remake. And they're like roughhousing him and everything with all this shit. And I'm like, that did that really come to any kind of major conclusion?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I guess not. I think they were trying to, we've talked about this before in the past too. The remake is trying to fix something that isn't necessarily broken where they're like, well, people are going to ask about this because it's like, oh, well, this is just $200. Can you get it some other way? Why is he so focused on this? Why is, you know, yeah. who is out to get him exactly, you know, it's not just Butterfield wanting to build a train there, is it? Like, and so they try adding and, and that, I will say, that is more that is more detail added that is not necessary.
2: Yeah, because like, they really because like in the original, they really just didn't have a need, have a need for that. They were just like, hey if you had more cash you'd easily be able to run your farm better like there's a few like, background avenues that shows like, oh, if you had 200 bucks, you could go to this like really successful ranches stream and use it for watering the cattle, but it's not really made a huge point of. And so it's really just kind of establishes this background problem that he's got going on. that kind of just like informs us to his intentions versus this whole like subplot set up in the 2007 where I'm like, it's really just, like, just feels unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> like, they really just, they needed a reason to, like, kick the show, game off with a bang, I guess. But, like, why didn't they just start with the, the stagecoach robbery then?
0: Yeah, I mean, that is a pretty big bang, especially when you got those souped-up carriages, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Like, my God. And then one guy literally goes bang. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> one guy literally gets blowed the fuck up. Like, what the hell? Well, he knew what he God, was doing. God, that action he sequence that action sequence, if you just replace the horses with cars, that's just a Fast and Furious scene.
0: Yeah, that's F-10, baby, in the yeah. Wild West.
2: <laughs> Can we make
0: the next Fast and the Furious movie have Vin Diesel and all of his crew go back in time via, like, a souped-up DeLorean or something, and they race carriages in the Old West? That's the pitch that we're making here on They Remade It.
2: Okay, Thank I know, you. like, there's... I know that this is absolutely a joke, and the fact that Fast and Furious exists, as long as it has, is itself a joke. I'd, 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 I'd pay money to see that. But that might <laughs> like, be the first
0: I, Fast and the Furious movie I watch all the way through.
2: Yeah, like, I genuinely, like, I think about that, it's like, if they just decide to jump that fucking shark, <laughs> then yeah. Like, if you just bring me Back to the Future Part 3 meets fucking Fast and the Furious, hell yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds fantastic if I don't get, if I get to see Vin Diesel and potentially Dwayne, the rock Johnson riding like driver and and shotgun on a Wells Fargo carriage with like uh, Jason Statham running after them on a horse. (laughs) On a
0: horse. Yeah.
2: Like that's, that's a whole new level of like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go.
0: (laughs) And by the way, speaking of jumping, jumping shark, uh, can we please have Uh F11 be Vin Diesel jumping a shark in his car? Um, it can be like a, a 1960s DeSoto, let's say. <laughs> and he drives this off a f- ramp and jumps over maybe two or three bullhead sharks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this this sounds like you've thought about this for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're, you're getting all my spec scripts right now.
2: Yeah, it's basically just filming an episode of Jackass at this point. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Which, like, honestly, that like, that would like honestly it. be more thrilling than the other shit that happens in Fast and Furious. I'll have to take we your talking word about? for it.
0: <laughs> Something yeah, about, what we train. about You can't jump trains. Or can you? <laughs>
2: uh, there's 310 of these Yumas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. There's not enough track for all them Yumas. <laughs>
2: Fuck. Jesus Christ. It's, it's been a weird week.
0: <laughs> I Yeah, I can tell, but... oh god but yeah Um, like i
2: genuinely can't remember what our last point was
0: (laughs) uh something about characters i don't know
2: um oh fucking it was about like the 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 difference in like you know like timing and like how they how the build-up works across the both films oh yeah and me realizing that the opening chase scene is literally just fast and the furious um, can we, I don't know what,
0: if we're going to agree or disagree on this, because I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but can we talk about the opening song for the original 310
2: to Yuma? Um, oh, uh, yeah, sure. Can
0: I just say, I love, especially what few Westerns I've seen, I love it when old classic movies have like a dedicated theme with a huge orchestral st- score that plays over the title card and all the credits. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it's, it's, it when they add lyrics
2: Oh. <laughs> That's fair. Like I I kind of I kind of agree. I like it when they have like a very themed um you know song and everything. But yeah, the lyrics are always a little weird. I think this one was better than most. I think the only other one I ever actually liked is in Django. Mm. Um cuz that one's like it's very kind of real, but um it's rather than it just being like kind of this very general thing um yeah no this one was okay i guess it kind of felt more like a the story of a like it it definitely felt closer to what like maybe an original song from back then would have been because it's basically just a ghost story that they're describing yeah it's like basically describing hey this particular train of having some kind of legendary background is like a portent of death apparently <laughs> it's like if you if you find yourself and there's a train labeled 310 to yuma you need to get on <laughs> it's for you
0: ooh spooky yuma for
2: I, for, who, for whom does the 310 to yuma go <laughs> it goes for the
0: gosh gang it's a haunted train <laughs> i like the fucking... <laughs> what sorry go ahead. christ no it's yeah. just
2: like that was that was me just going to be like it's fucking goddamn <laughs>
0: <laughs> i um it's with... treasure <laughs> treasure sorry I, I think I would like it more sorry. if if the lyrics were more general. I think the only thing I hate is it it's got that you know it has to say like the title of the movie as the title credits are going by, so it's like the three ten to Yuma. So it, it just feels like it, the the film that you're watching. I've never liked stuff <laughs> like that. It's yeah game no, drop-y I get that
2: and yeah, yeah. it's like very roll credits. <laughs> yeah. Um, Besides that, which, like,
0: I mu oh sorry go ahead.
2: I oh, know, that's like I was just realizing like I realized that really is where that trope came from.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I the excluding that minor misstep in my eyes because I don't know how many how many people out there would actually agree with me on that. Uh, <laughs> I do prefer those sort of old old-time scores, especially for westerns. So I I much prefer and, and it's hard for me to say this, I much prefer the score to the 57 Yuma than the new one. But also, mm. composition... Like, obviously, the new Yuma has a composition. There is a composer attached. You have to have some form of music. But scores aren't done that orchestrally anymore for those types of movies. Not not unless it's, like, a huge action scene, I feel. You know, or something mm-hmm. that's intentionally dramatic. Or anyway, so, so sometimes it feels unfair to compare the two because i don't know maybe the composer wanted to do something like that and the director's like we don't know we don't do that right um that being said i wish that the i wish that the track on the soundtrack was turned down a little bit in the 57 version because it can be a little bit overbearing at times uh i don't know if that was just my the version that i watched
2: or what? No, I, I it was kind of on my end too. I think a lot of those older films the concept of normalizing audio really wasn't super popular yet. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, that 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 was definitely an issue. I had to I had to like I'd be like okay, hang on. Just like, just like reduce the brass section for a second. <laughs> I I thought about
0: it specifically when Ben was in town uh in Brisby talking to um that that the Waitress barmaid. barmaid yeah about her eyes and is like, Doo, do, 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 do. it's like like what the yeah fuck sounded like tinkerbell's cinderella's castle <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah like that's what and that's what i mean like in those moments of like this movie really did have like a lot of different ranges on the emotional scale <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, which like whereas the, whereas the 2007 it really was just russell crow borderline sexually assaulting <laughs> oh yeah um which, like, not, I guess she was into it, so... I think she
0: was... It's that weird thing... <laughs> again, I don't get
2: again. relationships, okay? I, was I was just don't get them. I, we are not at all in any way qualified to be the judges of this sort say, of thing.
0: Two white men discussing something like this, so... I e- mean, not e- even for- necessarily
2: that. I mean, like but, the white definitely adds to it. That's for sure. But the fact that we are both, <laughs> the fact that we are both extremely comparatively socially stunted compared to a lot of guys, uh, like, yeah. like that being like the wider general type of like guys out there who are very like sexually charged and that sort of bullshit. Whereas the both of us really just aren't, and so like it's just we are the last people in the world that should really be judging this sort of thing.
0: <laughs> I guess if you but- were a GigaChad on the internet, you'd call me a beta. I don't know, but it just seems overly <laughs> aggressive, similarly to Jack Nicholson and in The Postman Always Rings Twice, and it's like, well, I. it seems That's like she's just- consenting at least, but this seems really aggressive for my liking. <laughs>
2: To be fair, you don't even need to add Jack Nicholson in X movie. You could just say Jack yeah, Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. It's like, let's be real. He's oh, nice.
0: yeah, God. He seems nice.
2: Yeah. I... <laughs> he seems crazy. He, he do. Oh, God. I mean, Russell Crowe definitely is, too. But, you know. <laughs> like He is for yeah.
0: for various reasons. He, he definitely had a penchant for fighting. Fighting yeah.
2: people. I mean, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> if he's either Australian or Scottish, then neither one makes sense. <laughs> um, I'm trying
0: to remember that one story. What he was like, upset at like a hotel clerk, so he picked up the rotary phone and like beat him with it. Like I'm tra- There's like three stories from the early 2000s where he just like viciously assaulted people in public and got thrown in jail.
2: Yeah, that. <laughs> That tracks. But he's the gladiator. <laughs> he's the
0: gladiator. Let him out, man.
2: Uh, he's he's Ben Wade, motherfucker. <laughs> looking looking distinctly Australian in this movie, I might say, because like the like, I kept getting that because he must be Australian. He is Australian. <laughs> God damn, it, I'm so stupid. Yeah. But fucking like his hat and everything and the style of everything he did I wasn't super into it. It just felt he felt kind of out of place <laughs> um, compared to the very like edgy kind of like bad cowboys like his main like his main right hand having that full like oh, i don't know what the hell that style of jacket is like that like double buttoned like mm-hmm. double-breasted thing where it's like really just looks like it's one step away from like 1890s nazi yeah <laughs> like it's i never i never got that one um i i like a- that guy by the way I'm okay with him. I think he's definitely got the most personality in the movie.
0: Exactly. He's like pure lunatic, which isn't always like a good character choice, but it, I think it's weird because the main antagonist of the movie is technically Ben Wade, I guess, but yeah. it depends on how you frame it because he's with the, well, no, not in the 2007 one because he kills two people on screen. Um.
2: Oh yeah. But if he does that in the original too.
0: I guess he does. I'm just thinking of like the, yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's yeah. it's it's more so the um It's weird cutting between the two because his right hand man will just like shoot people and he leaves that guy burning alive and all, all the all this sort of stuff. And then you cut back yeah. to Ben Wade, who's supposed to be his boss, the bigger baddie, and he seems so much less bad, which is kinda of the point. You know, he's relating mm-hmm. to Dan and whatever, and they they're sort of growing this kinship of understanding or whatever, yeah. like I know what you gotta do. You, you do right by your son, blah blah blah, and it's like, I, what yeah, what am I, I supposed just... to feel for this character? I know what they're trying to make me feel, but then like,
2: he... what See, this guy is of... singing a song, so he brutally stabs him. Like
0: I, I, I,
2: yeah, like I just yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the ends I was kind of getting to between the difference in characters. <laughs> like they do a well job of expounding the characters in the the remake but it kind of expounds it to the point where so many of their actions just don't make sense anymore yeah (laughs) um like in the original one they really don't try to make a huge point of anything that they're doing they're kind of just like you know the relationship between evans and wade is pretty laid back comparatively Mm
3: -hmm.
2: where it's like really just like Wade definitely, I mean, Evans definitely has something to prove ultimately, but Wade is also kind of, like, supportive of that pretty much from the get-go. There's a few moments, like, you know, he he obviously, like, is still trying to take advantage of him, but then by the end, you can clearly tell he's stuck to his convictions, and so Wade's like, oh, okay, like, I'll respect you this much, I'll kind of just go along with it, because I kind of know it will only make everything worse if I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll just, like, I'll just be on the run again, and a good man will probably be dead. And so it ends up kind of just being like the very real kind of realization on really both their parts. Wade, you know, realizing, you know what, fine. I've kind of been, I've been truly matched by a truly good man. If not a good man, at least like a, an honorable one. And then Evan's being like, I have been able to get past this and can recognize that this is a human being. And not just, like, some foil that I can just allow to take advantage of for my own situation. <laughs> right. And so, like, and then doing that in comparison with the 2007, it's just their characters just feel, like, all over the place. Like, I feel just kind of bad for Evans in the new one. And then he gets, like, like I said, then he dies. I'm like, man, that just wasn't fair. Mm. <laughs> to me, like...
0: To me, though to that end it feels to me i always felt like the 2007 evans had more to prove like it, it always to me felt like he had more of a reason to have the convictions that he did even though at times it went a little it was a little overbearing with just the universe hates this rancher uh yeah. but in the original you know obviously he's this down on his luck rancher as stated before and like his wife kind of side-eyes him about nobody doing anything to stop the cattle, but besides that, it, it, I, I think that, I don't know. It, it, it's sort of a thing where, I... where it, it's, it's one I think shows too much, but the other I don't think shows enough, and the common ground where they meet in the middle is that conversation that Ben and Dan have where Ben is toying with the idea of, you know, oh, I bet your wife was a real pretty woman before she ended up marrying you, and you ruined her. And that's that's the common ground they share, in that you can see like his insecurities. I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can see what you mean, and I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with that point of the original. Definitely doesn't show enough. Um, it definitely needed more, but at the same time, at this, at a certain and like the like, and again, I, I guess I, I do agree with you again. The two thousand seven one. It really just feels like it's adding shit to Evan's plate yeah. at a certain play, a point where it's like, how much of this is, oh, this man has something to prove versus the writers want to very blatantly make it seem like this guy has something to prove. Yeah, <laughs> Like there were just a lot of moments. I guess that that really is a really particular way to think about it, which I never really thought about before is which of these moments feel like a natural part of the story and which one of these feels like distinctly like this was written in. this was like a writer's note this was distinctly a decision (laughs) by a writer to include this not necessarily even that it doesn't mesh well because anything can it can mesh well fine if it's written in well enough but if it is so extra or extant from the points that have been made already that it's just is noticeably there and I think that could honestly be applied to a lot of movies now that I think about it like really just going through that especially for the show we do which of these moments felt like, oh, this was a natural progression of the story that was meant to go here and writing that came naturally and which were deliberately made sure to be in there, which like can be good, but usually isn't.
0: <laughs> my, my favorite writerly thing to think about in this case of this movie is just like, uh, I don't know who wrote for this movie, so I also don't know how many writers there were. But if there were multiple, I'd like to think of them sitting there pondering at a coffee shop, just talking to one another and being like, okay. We have to have a scene where the bear the barmaid has bare ass. How do we get to that point? Well, she could yep. just sleep with him. Well, yeah, but isn't that a little played out like I <laughs> just this yeah, very calm I, talk over coffee.
2: Yeah, there's a few there's a few moments like that. I mean I, I already brought up the, you know, the point about having like the the lone shark guy. Yeah. Um and but then there are other moments where, like, they do it to kind of draw out a character. Like, uh, they turned, you know, the Potter character from this, like, rambling drunk into, like, this actual three-dimensional character. And that's pretty interesting. Yeah. that um, It felt distinctly like that was added. Like, even if I hadn't watched the original first, I feel like if I had seen that, I was like, this feels like a deliberate action. Like, oh, like the inevitable joke of... Oh, we have to take him to a doctor. The only doctor available is actually a veterinarian. I like all like, the vet that...
0: stuff added. I love the fetal pig in the jar. Is the first thing he <laughs> sees.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I like. Like I said, I do think that was actually a good. Those that, that was a good addition. It's like there are moments where like, it can be done well, and so I definitely appreciate that.
0: Yeah. No, I. Whew. You're right, these are, both, them. these are both pretty mixed bags. It's like, well, I prefer yeah, the sort was... of this one, I prefer the characters of this one. Um, yeah,
2: son of a bitch. Like, I... <laughs> I went into this very clearly feeling more towards the original, but now by the end I'm like, God damn if the original didn't have some fucking low points. Like, at least some, or if not low points, some slow points.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, I went in this thinking I much preferred the remake. And now I'm yeah. seeing, you know, like, oh, well, I mean, there are flaws, there are things... Uh, I mean, specifically the the plight of the character of Dan is not something in, in the remake is not something that I had considered because um, I knew there was a reason that I liked the ending, but I hadn't really compared it to the rest of the story until this point to be like, oh, that's why I kind of like the ending. But um, yeah, that being said, if you if you don't look at the ending and just look at like all the stuff that happens up to that point, I I can see like, yeah, this is just like the writers are God torturing this, this person. I don't know how to <laughs> yeah. feel about that. Like, yeah. At some point it's like, this is too much. And this would never happen to a single soul in like two days or yeah. however long. And it, it was longer than two days, but you know what I
2: mean? Yeah. And I think that kind of, in the end, I think the biggest thing I could said about it is just like, I could never figure out where the suspension of disbelief was meant to be in the Oh seven. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of crazy shit happens immediately but again when you put your setting in a, an old west film there is already kind of an automatic suspension of disbelief that is not that far you really cannot do old west without it being pretty grounded in reality at least to some level mm-hmm. um there obviously can be exceptions to this like if you do it really really well like a lot of john Wayne stuff it's like it's so iconic at this point there's so like it's such it's just dripping with bravado and machismo throughout the whole thing that it's impossible to for you at any point just to be like that's a bit much isn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> um but this one just does not quite pull it if it were a bit more over the top just with its tone maybe it would make it and i think it would have made a lot of these moments kind of hit harder but because so much of it was just this constant beat down, both on the characters and on the audience, essentially, <laughs> it's just hard. It's just hard to love it beyond like. It's hard, it's hard to like it's hard for anything to feel like there's actual stakes. It's kind of the it's a point I actually saw someone compare. I think it's the Max Payne series, where. Oh, yeah. There really, there really is never a moment of actual levity for this character, and so it doesn't feel like the stakes are ever established. He's just getting the shit kicked out of him. What <laughs> do you like, mean? His,
0: his plight is very real. He, he's worried about his wife, his kids, and his job. And that's all you need <laughs> to know about Max Payne.
2: <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, to that end, it's just it's difficult to really kind of feel like anything was gained by the end of the 07. I definitely still like the characters. If 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 you're going into the specific elements, mm-hmm. I definitely like the specific elements of it a lot more than the whole of the original than like the specific elements of the original. But as a whole, each compared to the other, the remake is superior. So I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like I w- I love individual scenes from the 07 a bunch. And I loved watching the entirety of the original back to front a bunch. And I don't know what the fuck to do with that.
0: <laughs> I guess it depends on how you grade your movies. And I, I know I tend to fluctuate on how I grade them on the show. Because it, some, I think for the most part, it's which I enjoyed the most. But sometimes, like, something is so well made, I end up giving it to it anyways. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in this case, obviously, I, I've been leaning a bit towards there. I I, pref- I like them both for different reasons, I prefer the remake in this case, in this specific case. Um, That being said, I am going to give one big point, and it's sort of what we were talking about just now. Or, not just now, but a little bit before. One big point to 57 is what you were mentioning with the tension build-up instead of that slow boil. And the main thing that comes to my mind is uh, the dinner scene, where they're at the Evans' house, and Ben Wade is sort of sitting there and he's he's making small small talk in this chat and you know the kid like the kid's sitting there like why didn't you say grace you know even though he's a bad man is that why you didn't say grace and the, the wife is like um uh what do I do in this situation and you know Ben's just playing it cool as opposed to yeah. it's just constant shit it's thrown <laughs> at everybody in the remake where they're just sitting there he's, he's like, my dad's killed a bunch of rabbits or whatever Oh, killing a man's nothing like killing a rabbit. Ben's like, I disagree, and it's just like, okay, so you know, just being dark, to be dark. I I get it that. really,
2: which like that's such a very like, two thousands action flick. Yeah, it's it really is just like that whole period of two thousand to 2009 like nine or ten, where it's just like. Very deliberately dark for no reason,
0: <laughs> and also it's an yeah it's so intentionally edgy too. Where it, you know I, I it,
2: edgy that's a good word. I wouldn't yeah.
0: I wouldn't say it in that situation because I wouldn't want to be shot by anybody. But I, you know in my head I'm like, no, hunting man is different from hunting rabbits. Even if you, you even if you're good at it, this is a creature that can like plan ahead and think. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. he, he's saying it it's to like, be dark. But if you your... think about it, he's he's an idiot.
2: Fuck your wannabe dark metaphors. You're not Fallout, boy. Get that shit out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> one is a human, the other is a damn rodent. <laughs> I can get your rodent a box with, like, two yeah. Like, on my own, man. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And I think... I kind of do think I just ended up having the exact opposite end of your, the, yours for this one. But, like, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Because, like... We both have very good opinions. They're just very slightly opposite. No, exactly. <laughs> it, and I, I think... That's it's like good. one is on negative 0. 0.2 and the other one is on positive 0. 0.2. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, fuck, goddamn! if I didn't establish my lack of social graces before. Um, but, yeah, like, I just... The the original was just... The tension building was amazing. And just, like, the buildup for everything... And it really not needing that much action. And so that means the moments of action that it did have were super impactful. Mm-hmm. Like the moment where they straight up kill and hang fucking Potter. Like, holy oh, yeah. shit. And you see hang it hanging. Like, oh my God. I did not expect that. I was like, what the fuck? Cause I thought he was dead when he got point blanked from the back. And then like, I was like, oh, he's still alive. And then you hear him scream <laughs> and then you see the shadow of him. And then later you actually see him being like hanging by his neck. Like, fuck, man. Did you
0: expect like, were you expecting Alice to scream when she saw the body? I That was like I, a weird drop off for me where I totally expected something to happen, but she I she just sees of, it and walks past.
2: I think like I'm kinda of glad she didn't. I, I am too. Like, I just Like it was a very real response of like shock. Because right. it's like okay my husband's up here. I need to talk to him. This is the shit that's happening. I need to block past that right now.
0: <laughs> it was like, just yeah, that was a very real like reaction. A, yeah, that's like a a cinematic, like, trope that was yeah. ignored. And I was not yeah, expecting I... it. Which, again, like you were saying, that like that's not a bad thing at all. I was just curious if you also had that moment.
2: I kind of did, but like... I didn't really like explicitly expect that to be a thing, but you know, when I thought back on it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's like wow." She just she really was just like, "I'm in shock at the moment." We need to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Next um,
0: scene, please.
2: But yeah, and to like that end of like you saying like the tension, build or like the the dinner scene and everything in the original as like kind of a highlight. I gotta just say like a general highlight. I think for the new one was really just like. Ben Wade's character in general, like I think Russell Crowe did a great job. Um, I think at the end, again, the ending, like basically everything barring like the death scene and like that ending of how he like murks his gang, like instantly. Um, I think like the buildup for him and just him being this guy, was done a lot better, and it felt like a lot more of a character. Like, like, I mean, like we've talked about a lot. It felt a lot more like an actual character, not a realistic one, but a character nonetheless. Especially um, for
0: Russell Crowe, because can I just say, like, I think this is the first time I've seen him in a role where I actually like believed the character he was playing. I'm not a big Russell Crowe fan. Mm, to to you be honest,
2: watch what, which I, uh, which like this will kind, of, I guess, kind of lead us into our recommendations. But you should definitely watch Master and Commander. He plays that one amazingly. Mm, okay. Okay. Because like he even like he's he's kind of a method actor, but like he apparently like worked on an actual nautical ship for like six months to get ready for that role. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was like, "Yeah, fuck. It, I'm I'm gonna do this." Plus, like, honestly, if you had the ability to do that, that'd be rad.
3: Yeah.
2: It's Like, oh, you want to just go work on a boat for like six months, and not do anything else in your regular life? Sign me the hell up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, ultimately, I can't. Like I tried it, like I can't really give it to anything other than the original. The new one is good in its own ways, but just as an overall movie, the Fifty Seven takes it takes it easily. Mm-hmm.
0: I I understand a, that. I think
2: I think it was was it 57? Fifty Seven? The original Fifty Seven
0: and 07
2: <laughs> Cool, gotcha. <laughs> I had got it right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fantastic. It's like I really like going through it. Like again, there were slow points, but never so much to the point where i was just kind of bored there okay there were a few moments at least early on but (laughs) otherwise yeah they played it really well like all the characters and everything were subdued but i felt like they weren't like unrealistic and really any case Hmm. it definitely feels like they're individuals versus it feels like they are more people and it feels like the 07 are more characters which again isn't necessarily a bad thing
0: yeah um
2: yeah (laughs) just not my cup of tea
0: this is interesting because on this little this little Western journey we've had on the show, I think for the most part I've sort of gone towards the uh, the modern the more modern westerns as opposed to the classic westerns. Um, yep. Which which I guess even on the show I I remember saying I'm not a big fan of the classics in general, but oh like yeah. I actually you know this one and Magnificent Seven I I liked them both as opposed to True Grit which I I didn't really care for that the original True Grit but if I remember correctly um, yeah.
2: And then, uh, then uh, opposite to that, I've been leaning towards a lot of the originals, (laughs) yeah, which I did not expect. I I've loved all the modern westerns I've seen, like, but it's just like I look back at the classics that are like really, really worth it, like that really set the bar. I think are fantastic, like that True, like this one True Grit, um, like I guess technically you could count the Seven Samurai, yeah, um, since like it 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 definitely was that setter. It's just yeah, I've just they're just so goddamn cool, like once you do them right. Well, well I guess I did lean
0: towards the original on the seventh samurai one. I forgot that. Came well, I mean
2: first, that one now. but at the same time, it's the seven goddamn samurai. Well,
0: yeah, that's hard to
2: Yeah. Like like that's like okay, like, do I want this like pretty good sandwich that I made or literally something from like Gordon Ramsay? It's like, I'm sorry, like I know I like my sandwich, but it's Gordon fucking Ramsay.
0: <laughs> I hear he makes good food. I do. I've just seen it on yeah. TV. I couldn't tell you if it's actually good. Maybe it tastes like shit. I mean, but,
2: uh, maybe, maybe everyone's just afraid. Yeah, they don't
0: want to speak ill against the man, the yeah. screamy man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
0: But those were our thoughts on uh, three ten to Yuma, and now I gotta mm. ask. You already, you already gave us Master and Commander. You got anything else?
2: Yep. <sighs> I mean, like. It's difficult not to just recommend other Westerns we've shown before. <laughs> um, you know, if you like kind of the more realistic, modern Western, True Grit definitely hits it. Um, like the remake. Oh, it's um, a Coen
0: Brothers film. How could it, how could it not?
2: Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, if you want something that's like... If you want another movie that's basically just, wow, the universe wants this guy dead, check out The Revenant. Yeah. <laughs> um, because that's basically just like, hey, have did you want to watch Leonardo DiCaprio get ripped up by a bear, shot at with arrows, partially blown up, thrown off a cliff, put inside the corpse of a horse, and lose, I think, a finger at some point, and have to eat a raw salmon? Well, first of all, you need help. Second of all, check out The Revenant.
0: <laughs> Alternately, watch Mr. Bill, uh, the Saturday Night Live sketch. <laughs>
2: Um, but, uh, beyond that, I can't think of anything. Like, I don't know a lot of Russell Crowe's filmography. A lot of it's kind of mixed. Yeah. Um, Gladiator's okay. Um.
0: Check him out in but... Lame is.
2: Of course, I like Over oh, all of this we've kind of basically ignored Christian Bale, but it's like, what can the, what the fuck can you say about Christian Bale? He does everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, fucking, I don't know, watch the American dub of Howl's Moving Castle, I guess. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, that's fucking... Where's that's, Christian Bale's in that? <laughs> that's still fucking weird to remember.
0: Watch the American dub of Howl's Moving Castle because Billy Crystal is in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Forgot about that one. <laughs> fucking... Dude, watch the American dub of Howl's Moving Castle because that's the first time we hear the Batman voice. <laughs> like, literally. Like, literally there's a scene he turns all monstrous and he's doing the Batman voice years before Batman returns... Batman begins. I'm like, Huh how about it <sighs> that's
0: weird to think like a lot of those ghibli ghibli films since the 90s sort of have had dubs yeah have had dubs made by disney through licensing so a lot of times they get like their stars but that was like 2003 or 4 wasn't it
2: i think the so. dub like was mid, disney wasn't early 2000s it? oh you
0: know what billy crystal had just been in monsters inc there you go never mind <laughs> <laughs> Never mind.
2: <laughs> yep. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my um, God. Yep. Fucking, okay, but that's that's all I can think of for recommendations. Um, you got anything? Oh, wh-
0: what the hell would I know? I'm really out of my depth here, because we're... I don't know, the few... <laughs> the few westerns I've seen I've actually liked. Like, Stagecoach, I, I remember liking The Searchers. I don't know. Like...
2: There's not, I gotta be real, as much as I love westerns, there's a lot that kind of suck. Yeah. Like, like, like people give a lot of, like, cred to, like, Tombstone and stuff, which it's got its moments, but it's really not that good. I have not seen <laughs> Tombstone,
0: like, but I know, uh, I, I, I I recognize the wardrobe, if that makes any it,
2: sense. Yeah, I, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> it's just, like, it's a bit too over the top in certain moments, and I'm just like, eh. It kind of tries to have a very kind of brutal story, but it kind of loses it a lot of the time.
0: Mm, I see. Well, stay tuned. I mean,
2: it's the, story of, it's the story of Wyatt Earp, which is a fucking knockdown dragout in real life. So.
0: <laughs> well, stay tuned for our uh, Talking About Tombstone podcast.
2: <laughs> you know, Jill, talking about Kurt Russell. <laughs> All the Kurt- I think that's, I think that's, he, he's in it. And Sam Elliott. I guess we can't do the, the
0: Talking Tombstone. Yeah, until we do the Cullen thing. We stay just oh, yeah. keep that in the back of your mind as the Talking Tombstone audience. Yeah, we'll, don't we'll let us forget about that once one. Once a week for a year. Oh god. Record a monthly episode where we talk about
2: new, <laughs> That's new things we've idea. learned. That's a bad idea. It's don't a know. horrible <laughs> idea, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> My God.
0: I was thinking of that the podcast where they did the grown ups thing. And you know, by like, I mean, like episode thirty-two, they're coming up with stories for like a woman in sandals in the background. And it's like, I mean, well, like
2: it we- sounds like every time I hear about that, I just it sounds like Sisyphean torture. <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> I cannot imagine a worse activity to partake in.
0: Well, we would be doing it for Tombstone. I don't know the quality of that movie, but it has to be better than grown ups.
2: I mean, yeah, obviously, but still, I don't care if it's the best thing in the world. After 30 fucking viewings, it's gonna be hell. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. Oh my god.
0: That's suggestions. That's recommendations. That's all I yep.
2: have. <laughs> It's just an art, you know, slow descent into, into figurative madness. Actual hell. Yeah. Oh. Uh.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Oh, I guess I should yeah. do socials. Do Western, I
2: think Western movies do this to us every time, I feel like?
0: Do they? <laughs> like, sorry. every
2: time, we end up going on massive tangents and, like, talking about, like, wider parts of our life, it feels like. Every single one, like, Seven Samurai especially, that one we got real deep.
0: I think you're <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> what is it with fucking Westerns, man? I I don't. Anyway, here's some, here's some socials, I guess. We're going to ponder our existence in a little, for a little bit here.
0: Yeah, it, you, you know what? If you want to stay tuned to the future, we got tons of stuff coming up. October's coming up where we have our two Halloween movies. We're going to get to Hell yeah. we're going to get to Christmas. Maybe we'll get a Christmas thing in there. Space Jam coming next year. We might have like a uh Cohen Brothers miniseries that we're doing like just
2: come on.
3: Yeah. Come
0: on.
2: Stick around. What are you waiting? for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get existential up in this piece.
0: <laughs> but you can find the show on like iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spreaker, Podbay, Stitcher, Podomatic, you know, iHeartRadio, all those things. Uh, and just go ahead and you know like the podcast, sub to hear episodes in the future. Uh, leave comments, ratings, reviews about anything you want. Um, it can, it doesn't even have to be about the podcast. It'd be like ten out of ten. I never got it in the mail. It's like, well, I didn't ship anything. You know, at least that'll be there. It'll be reflected on the page. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, go ahead and uh, send us an email. They remade it at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, thoughts, plans for the future, uh, things like that.
2: And... uh, Just tell tell us your secrets. Just like, like, doors open. Let's talk. If
0: you tell me a secret, I'll tell you one.
2: It won't necessarily be good, but it'll be a secret. Yes. And... You don't know how many toes I have. I could say that. Then I'll have it, to might be, it might not be. It might not be. It might not be like, you know, surprising. But it's a secret. <laughs> it's
0: a. It's a secret to everyone that doesn't know. I mean, a secret is just a fact that no one else knows. That's literally it. That's like that's
2: yeah. That's the objective definition of that.
0: It's, yeah. So what? What do you want from me?
2: We are not writers, folks.
0: Something <laughs> earthshit.
2: Yeah. Like, if we and Stuart were writers, a...
0: we wouldn't be filming this right now, would we? Or recording this? We'd be at Starbucks talking about bare-ass barmaids, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I... <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, like just some some of a, like fucking what? What do writers do? Who? What do we fucking know? We went to engineering school for fun. Complain.
0: <laughs> okay. Um.
2: <laughs> I mean, that sounds that sounds pretty similar to engineering school. Then
0: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and follow us um they remade it uh on instagram at it remade on twitter for updates about podcast episodes when they go live potential episodes for the future recommendations we've made on the show what we've been watching and playing and full circle diagrams i put together uh to showcase roles for actors we've covered multiple times and all that is yeah. fun and you can find those on twitter and instagram and that is it for socials
2: that's as social as we can fucking be yeah as we have very firmly established yes. with our backgrounds frankly I'm
0: fed up with it Honest.
2: yeah who the hell are you what are you doing here <laughs> get out of my metaphorical house get out of my office <laughs> bring me pictures of I, I don't know fucking bare ass
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't do that
2: please don't, don't do that me. please. Jesus Christ I, what have I done <laughs> do I think it? I think I've I think I've dug this hole deep enough don't you <laughs> Uh, I, I I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I think as always, I'm your down on his luck rancher, Stuart. And
0: I'm gunslinging Jacob.
2: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say bare ass Jacob. No. <laughs> <laughs> well. Good night, everybody.
0: You can't change the past. Goodbye. Thank you.
1: must be nice. (sighs) I'll tell you one thing, though, Dan. I'd treat her a whole lot better than you do. I'd feed her better. I'd I'd get her pretty dresses. She'd be real happy wearing. And I wouldn't make her work so hard, Dan. I bet she was a real beautiful girl before she met you. I told you before to shut up.